Hey, good evening, West Houston Christian Center, Tuesday night church. I know uh, before I said that Pastor Jack C. was going to be doing it, but guess what? I get the opportunity and the privilege to uh, break open the bread of life tonight and kind of share a continuation of what we did on Sunday about uh, John 10, 10. Uh, so anyway, I'm excited to be here with you tonight. So glad that you have uh, tuned in tonight. Uh, you know, there's just something that happens when we come together and if two or three would uh, come together and, and touching each other, great things happen. So I'm just believing that the word is going to accomplish its purpose and desire tonight in all of us. You know, that's why he sent his word was to help us, was in to encourage us. And I don't know where you are right now, but uh, just know that God is on your side. That God is, when you can't see him working, we know that he's working. And it doesn't matter how I feel, God is still working on our behalf. And he's working on your behalf right now. The situation you're in, God, God knows all about it. Amen. And when we just trust in him, you know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs, to trust in the Lord. And that doesn't mean just when things are going great, but boy, trust him when things don't look good. You know, just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See, when we lean to our own understanding, now we're getting into the five senses. And, uh, but we're spirit guys. And so we have faith. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Don't lean to all this other stuff but acknowledge him. And he said he was going to direct your steps. Amen. But praise God, it's, it's good to get together. You know, this coronavirus has separated us uh, from coming together and hugging on one another and slapping and doing a high five. But you know what? I believe there's a greater power uh, when we're not together because we're together in the spirit and we're of one mind. Amen. You know, uh, John 10, 10, you know, the thief cometh. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. The thief hates the blessings of God. That's what he comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He hates it when God's people are walking and living in faith and living in the blessings of God. He's a thief. And, and that word for thief is klepto, which we get kleptomaniac. He's a pickpocker. And the thing about a pickpocketer is he picks your pocket and you don't even know you've been picked. You know, you, you, you go out to the mall and uh, you're walking around and you get home and you look for your wallet and you don't have your wallet. Well, what happened? Well, that pickpocketer, he then snuck up behind you and he stole something from you. And let me tell you, what he steals from you is valuable. He's not, you know, a thief, a, a crook is not going to take something that has no value. He's not going to come into your backyard and steal some dirt. That has no value. A pickpocketer is looking for something that has value. Well, see, this life that Jesus Christ came to give us, the abundant life, it's valuable. And Satan knows it. And so when he says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, he's coming to get the blessings of God in our life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you know what? The apostle Paul in all of his revelation, he said, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So the thief is only looking for something valuable. 
And everything that we have from God is valuable. Amen. I just written down a few things. Everything that Jesus has for me is valuable. And a thief is only coming for that which is valuable. And I started thinking about in Galatians about the fruit of the spirit. Let me, let me just make a statement now. Satan hates for you to be fruitful. See, when we're not fruitful, we fall into his realm. But when we are fruitful, that, and, and that means that we, we are producing fruit. And it's really, it, it, it's good for us, but it's also good for those around us. But just think about this. The first fruit that's talked about, that Paul talks about in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Wow, Satan loves to mess up your love walk. He, any, anything, your love towards God, your love towards society, even your love towards yourself, loving yourself, because you know, God loves you. Satan wants to pervert it. Because see, he is all about self, where God is always about loving others. For God so loved the world. So we, we understand that Satan comes, he hates anything where we're developing in faith, where, where we're walking in faith, and we're walking in love. So love, uh, Satan hates it. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God, I, I believe God wants to take us back to the Garden of Eden, everything that Adam and Eve had. They had no want, they had no need. They were victorious, they were conquerors. And of course the devil came and messed it all up and caused, and caused Adam to commit heresy and, and believe the words of the devil rather than the words of God. Because remember, he asked Eve, he said, did God say? Well, he's still doing that today. When a trial comes, when a temptation comes, uh, he's on our shoulders saying, well, and, and we're saying, no, I'm more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible with God. When we're saying that, he said, well, did, did God really say that? And we can turn around and say, yep, God said it, that nothing is impossible. God said, if I lay my hands on the sick, they shall recover. Well, did God really say that? Well, hello. Yes, he said it. And I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are you understand what I'm saying? The devil wants to pervert that. That's why wickedness is an abomination to God. Wickedness is, is the root of that is where we get wicker furniture. And if you've ever looked at wicker furniture, it's the gnarled, it's gnarly. And, and wickedness is, is perverting what God says. God says to love. It's perverted and people say, well, lust. But see, love desires to satisfy others at the expense of me because love desires to give. <laughs> now on the other side, lust, lust is all about satisfying me. I don't care about you at the expense of others because I want to get. Well, see, that was our old man. That's how we live before Jesus Christ. 
But when we accepted Jesus Christ, he, he's saying, okay, I came that you might have life. You have, when you accept Jesus, we got a new life. Paul says we become a new creation. Hallelujah. We're made in the, we, we start realizing that we are made in the image of God. You know, in Genesis, when, when God was dealing in the garden, he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then he blessed them and he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish and have dominion. That's the life that Jesus came that we might have. Be fruitful, replenish, multiply, multiply, multiply. Hallelujah. Be a force in the earth to where you don't take away from the earth. We add to the earth. We're adding to the earth. We're adding goodness because God is, God is on our side. Amen. You know, we sang, a, we sang that song Sunday morning, Waymaker. And I, I really believe the Lord spoke to us. And he is the Waymaker. And that song is all about God. But if we're made in the image of God, then I'm like God. I'm made in his image then you and I are way makers. Well, what does that mean? Well, we share Jesus in the earth. Because, you know, Jesus said, the works that I do will you do and greater works will you do because I go to be with my father. I, I don't really know if I understand all of that, but Jesus said what I did because I heard what my father said and did, then, then I did it. And guess what? Because of the life that I've given to the world and given to the believers, greater works, greater activities will you do because I go to be with my father. So and so so we're way makers. We make a way for people. How do we do that? Well, we, we direct them to Jesus. We point them to Jesus. We point them to the word. The, the, the world doesn't have an answer, but you and I do. And when, and, and when we're out and, and we're away from the church and away from church people and we're out in the world, stuff will come up and they have no answer for it. But we can say, well, the word of God says. I had an opportunity just this past Saturday to, to lay hands on a man and pray over his child who had, his wife had called and his child was having a, a difficult time and was crying. And it's a young child. I think it's like 14, 15 months old. And, and, uh, in the world, he would just leave and go home. But I just said, no, we're going to pray. Hold on right now. I just want to pray. And, and it was real weird for him because he had never had anybody do this to, before. So see, we're way makers. We make a way. We, we share the good news of the gospel. Amen. We're promise keepers. Boy, that's a great thing about being a Christian is God keeps his promises. Therefore, we keep our promises. If we make a vow to someone to make a promise, we have the strength of God inside of us to help us to fulfill that promise. I, I always talk about my dad. Uh, I, I was blessed to have a great father. He, uh, he worked for 35 years with Shell Oil Company and, and uh, was just, uh, he, I loved him. I, I just, I, I miss my daddy, but he was a great man. And uh, if he ever promised me something, it's a done deal, folks. I, I don't even think I had to use my faith. I just kind of said, well, my daddy said, why are you doing that? Well, because my daddy said it. Well, where are you going? Well, I'm going there. Well, why? Well, because my daddy said it. You understand what I'm saying? 
because it's, it's, it's great to be, people put trust in the promise keeper, someone that will keep their word. Now, the opposite of that is that a lot of people, they've been lied to, they, a promise has been made to them, and then it was a trick, and, and the promise wasn't kept. That's really devastating. But our God, he is a promise keeper. Amen. Our God is a promise keeper. And therefore, since I'm made in his image, I am a promise keeper. Amen. Miracle worker. You know, Jesus said, really saying the miracles that I did, you're going to do. And then in Mark 16, he said, for those that believe in my name, they shall. Well, I, you know, I believe that. They, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They'll, they'll raise the dead. They'll speak with new tongues. If, if, a, if a snake were to come around or some deadly liquid comes around, and it ain't going to affect me because I believe in Jesus. That's who we are. That's the life that Jesus has given to us, and that's the life that Satan and the flesh hates. Are you understanding that? Hallelujah. We are miracle workers because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That I can speak the word, Jesus's word over me. And we've got to be just like Paul and Silas. When they performed miracles, the people started calling them gods. And Paul said, hey, don't look at us. It's not us. It's the Christ inside of us. Light in the darkness. Hallelujah. Every place we go, we have the light and light dispels darkness. And so even in our walk, even in your walk, wherever you go, you might go someplace and you're going, "Woo, boy, this is a dark place. Well, guess what? That dark is going to change because you're there. You are there because of this life that John gave us in 1010. That light dispels the darkness. So we are the light and it doesn't matter where we go. I've been in situations even with relatives where you go into a place and it, it's just dark as can be. But we are the light and the life of God is inside of us. And as he is light, we are light. Amen. That's a great song. And then it says, this is who you are. Why, how, why are we this way? Because what Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. Now, let me tell you this. So Jesus made it all available. But that doesn't mean that I accept it. Just because something's been made available to us doesn't mean that it's working in my life until I receive it. You understand what I'm saying? So everything about God has been made available to us. But I don't. I don't accept it. Let me say it this way. I remember as a young businessman out of college, I wanted an American Express card. I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world to have an American Express card so that when you took a client out to eat, you could slap that card on the table and pay for that meal. Isn't that neat? I remember when the American Express card first came out 40, 50 years ago. I thought, boy, this is cool. That's what I want. But I didn't know all the other benefits. All the other benefits of the American Express card, they were available to me, but I was ignorant. And I, all I wanted to do, all I wanted was to be able to throw that thing on the counter and, uh, and pay for my meal. But I didn't know the hundreds of other benefits that this card had because I was ignorant to them. 
Well, see, the devil wants to keep us ignorant because he knows that when Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus made all of God's life available to you and me. But how do I incorporate it? I read his word and I, find, I found out that he gives me courage. He gives me courage. He, uh, uh, he gives me liberty. I, don't, I no longer have to be a slave. He gives me strength. He said that when, when I am weak, he is strong. See, I'm learning that. And he brings healing to the sick and gives us eternal life. See, that's all made available, but I have to receive it by faith. I have to say that's for me. Nothing is impossible to him that would believe. And, and you maybe you're in a, it's an impossible situation, but it's been made available to me to say, no, nothing's impossible with the word of God. I just pray the word of God over that. I just pray and say, you will live and not die to declare the glory of God. And what looks like a failure, there is no failure in the kingdom of God. There is no failure. It might look like it, but we can say in Jesus' name. See, the disciples were in a boat and there was a storm. There was a coronavirus going around and people were fearful. Oh, we're going to be, we're going to be killed. Oh my God, put on a mask, you know, stay in the house. Don't go outside. Don't touch anything, you know, bathe in disinfectant, you know, and all of that. No, no, you know, Jesus, I'm in a protected place. Because Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. See, we can pray the word of God, uh, applying the blood of Jesus. You know, we've done that over our house. We've done that over the church. You know, where the blood is, Satan can't enter. Where the blood of Jesus Christ has been shed and acknowledged and by faith, then the, 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 everything just passes over. You know, the coronavirus, it just, you can't touch me, coronavirus. You know, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm sanctified and set apart for the glory of God. Amen. That's what the word of God does to us. But anyway, Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It's been made available to us. Now let's receive it. Let's accept that life that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. When I am weak, he said he is strong. By his stripes, thank you, Lord, I am healed. And then he said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. You know, we're not downplaying that we're, we're in some rough times. And I know people have lost their jobs. They, uh, the rents do. And I know the government, praise God, the government's doing everything they can right now to help us during this time. You know, if your house note is due, they're giving you a chance not to kind of to delay it. If your rent's due, they're giving you a chance to delay it. Uh, uh, so kind of everybody's working together during this time. But see, we're going to come out of it. Uh, I, I'm glad the government's helping us right now, but our, our trust is not in the government. Our trust is in God, that God's going to take care of us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, the word works. 
It, it works when we're together in the church and it works when we're not in the church. We're at home watching this on the television. You know, we're sitting there in the comfort of our homes, but the word, it does not return void. It does not return void. It accomplishes everything that it is sent to do. And it, so it's never going to come back void. So we're believing right now the word of God is working. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this and we're going to come back to church and we're going to be hugging and shaking hands with everyone and, and loving on everyone in church. And after a while, we're going to say, what was that thing that tried to stop the church from advancing in these last days? See, that's the trick of the devil. He wants to stop the progress of the church and he wants to stop your progress. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You have and been, have been born again with the word of God. It's all been made available to us. All we have to do is by faith, step out and receive it. No weapon formed against you can prosper. No evil, no plague can come nigh thy dwelling place. A thousand may fall at one side and 10,000 at another. But guess what? You're going to be standing strong. Why? because the word of God is inside of you. And when Jesus said, I came to make life available to you, well, how do I get? I receive it. You know, you go through a cafeteria and all that food is available to you. All of that food is available to you, but we don't take every bit of it. We just pick what, what I want. That way it was made available and I partook of it. I received it. Amen. You know, it, it is exciting. The four or five hundred people that are that are watching us online. Uh, you know, it's exciting. The power of this technology, the power of, of that we're able to do this right now. You know that this hadn't stopped the church. This hadn't. We're still we're still having church. We're still praising and worshiping the Lord. We're still giving of our time and our talent and our treasury. The church of Jesus Christ is, is advancing. And when this stuff comes to an end, the church is going to be stronger. It came to defeat us, but all it's done is elevate us even to a higher place. Amen. I want to pray for you right now. I, I just want to say again, thank you for, for watching tonight, for coming to church, for having to church. We're looking forward to Sunday. Sunday, the 31st. Pentecost Sunday. Boy, that's an exciting time. You know, we had Easter and Passover, and now we're going to have Pentecost Sunday. Something's happening. God's something, something, because this 50 days is going to be over, and I believe God's going to show up, and he's going to show off. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, Father, we praise you, and we thank you for the word of God. Father, I thank you for everyone that is listening tonight. Lord, I thank you that all that's been made available to them, Lord, we receive it by faith. We receive it by faith, the, the active, powerful word of God. But Lord, I, pay, I, pray, I pray peace right now on every home. Oh, the, the, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, Father. I just, I, I, I pray it right now to fill that house. Fill that apartment. And we thank you, Father. Thank you for loving us beyond measure. And thank you, Lord, that you came. We acknowledge, and Lord, we are living life 
And we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, God bless you. Going to be here Sunday. Let's come Sunday and worship the Lord.